Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, First Samuel chapter 23, and if I were to give this one a title, it would be God is always right on time. <laughs> God is always right on time. I don't know if you're a, uh, sometimes people call me a time Nazi. <laughs> By that, I just mean I like being on time for everything. I had a teacher one time, a band director, and he taught me that if you are not five minutes early, you're late. And that is kind of sunk in my brain, and I'm always like that nowadays. Well, I have got some daughters who are not that way. And just the other day, I was getting ready to take them somewhere, and they said, Dad, we can't leave yet. Well, in my mind, if they got to be there at, let's say, 6 p.m., I'm trying to figure it out so that I can get them there at 5.55. And they said, Dad, we, we, can't, we can't be early. Well, why can't you be early? Well, Dad, don't you know that it's, it's cool to be fashionably late? So, well, what in the world is fashionably late? They said 15 minutes. <laughs> And like something died on the inside of me. I said, are you really my children? <laughs> I mean, if 15 minutes late, I'm going to leave, you know, if someone's not there in 15 minutes. And sometimes we think that God thinks like that. God, I need you to come through. I need you to do this thing. Please don't be fashionably late, all right? I need you to not be too late on this. And we always think that God's going to be late. God's never late. God's right on time. Here's the problem, though. His timetable is not the same as ours. So he is often late according to my timetable, which is early, you know, but he is always right on time. And we're going to see how God is right on time. I'm talking about right on time when it comes to the life of David in just a second. But as always, before we go any further, make sure if you like what we're doing here, you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us a comment. Let me know if you would consider yourself to be time conscious in the the comments down below on the YouTube channel. On the, the podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. And since you can't leave a comment on the podcast, go over to the Facebook group at the Bible Breakdown Discussion. And let me know, do you consider yourself to be time conscious? Are you on time? Are you always early? Do you find yourself late? And what do you consider to be fashionably late? Five minutes late? 10, 15 minutes late? If you say 30 minutes late, I ain't going to believe you. <laughs> but if you have your Bibles, you want to open them up with me to 1 Samuel chapter 23. This is one of those where, if you remember what we've been saying, is God's providence is going to happen despite our silliness. And what that means is God's got a plan. And he's going to see that plan through, even though it often doesn't look like what we would want it to look like. Well, David has been anointed king. He lives under the authority and, and uh, just learning from Saul. And then Saul decides he's going to kill him. So now David is officially gone. I mean, he has fled for his life. 400 men who are also in desperate situations have gathered around David, and they are just fleeing from place to place, trying to find a place where they don't get into a battle with Saul's men. And so they're just running as far as they can. Well, we find David now running to a town called Keliah. And as he goes here, you're going to see what's going to happen and see how close they get to being in battle with one another. So if you're ready, here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 says this. One day, news came to David that the Philistines were at Keliah stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Keliah, the Lord told him. 
But David's men said, we're afraid even here in Judah, we're certainly not going to go to Kaliah and fight the whole Philistine army. (laughs) So David asked the Lord again. And again, the Lord replied, go down to Kaliah, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Kaliah, and they slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Kaliah. And now, when Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Kaliah, he brought the ephod with him. Now, once again, remember, that is a holy garment they would wear while they were performing the priestly duties. Saul soon learned that David was at Kaliah. Good, he exclaimed. We've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. So Saul mobilized his entire army to march to Kaliah and besiege David and his men. But David learned of Saul's plan and told Abathar the priest to bring the ephod and to ask the Lord what he should do. Then David prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Kaliah because I am here. Will the leaders of Kaliah betray me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said, He's coming. (laughs) And again, David said, Will the leaders of Kaliah betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, Oh yeah, (laughs) they are definitely going to betray you. So David and his men, about 600 now, left Kaliah and began roaming the countryside. Word soon reached Saul that David had escaped, and so he didn't go to Kaliah after all. David now stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness in the hill country of Ziph. Saul hunted him day after day, but God didn't let Saul find him. One day, near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on his way to Ziph to search for him and to kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan assured him. My father will never find you. You're going to be the king of Israel, and you and I will be next to you, as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Horish. But now the men of Ziph went to Saul at at Gibeah and betrayed David to him. We know where David is hiding, they said. He is in the strongholds of Horish in the hill of Helkalah, which is the southern part of Jeshimon. Come down whenever you're ready. O king, we will catch him and hand him over to you. So they're turning David, they're going to catch David and turn him over to the king. The Lord bless you, Saul said. At last, someone is concerned about me. Big old me monster right now. Go and check again and be sure where he is staying and who has seen him there. For I know that he is very crafty. Discover where he is he's hiding in his hiding places and come back when you are sure. Then I will go with you. And if he is in that area at all, I'll track him down. And even if I have to search every hiding place in Judah. So the men of Ziph returned home ahead of Saul. Meanwhile, David and his men had moved into the wilderness of Maon of Arba, the valley south of Jeshmon. When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went even farther into the wilderness to the great rock, and he remained there in the wilderness of Maom. But Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Now listen to this. Saul and David were now on opposite sides of a mountain. Just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men, an urgent message reached Saul that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. 
So Saul quit chasing David and returned to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called the Rock of Escape. And David went to live in the strongholds of En Gedi. Wow. David is running and hiding from Saul. Finally, there's some people that say, we're going to turn you in, David, <laughs> so we can get some favor from the king. And so they're finally knowing know about where he is. And literally, David is on one side of a mountain and Saul's army is on the other side of the mountain. You got 600 men with David. That's a big group. And I don't know how many men are with Saul. And they're right there. And if one of them goes too far, they're going to see each other. And at the last possible moment, God sends a, someone to say, hey, something else is going on and they got to go. And you know, can I tell you, I have seen that kind of thing happen in so many people's lives. By that, I mean so many times it seems like all is just about to be lost. Everything is about to fall apart. Nothing seems to be going right. And at the last possible second, God comes through. But here's the thing. Things had already fell apart. Things had already looked lost. David had already been betrayed. It was after that fact, God did something. And the reason why I want to say that to you is this. Many times, we want God to come through at the beginning of the chapter. We want God to come through by not letting something bad happen. But many times, God's plan is not our plan. But his plan is still good. God's plan was for them to get all the way to that point and then do something amazing. And can I tell you in your life, I just want to be honest with you as your pastor, and that is things are not always going to work out the way you want them to. Sometimes bad things are going to happen. Sometimes you're going to want God to come at the beginning of the chapter, but it doesn't happen. Can I tell you this though? God has a plan. God is for you more than you can imagine. Think for a moment that if God loved you fully, if God was completely interested in you and what you're doing and in your life, and you had no doubt about that, and he, all those things are true, then why would he want you to suffer needlessly? Why would he want you to be ruined? The answer is he doesn't. The answer is he's got a plan. And if God doesn't come through and you want him to, it's not because he's not faithful. It's just simply because he's doing something different. And we can trust in the Lord. If you're in that moment where you're saying, God, if you don't come through soon, I don't know what I'm going to do, then you're in a good place because you're just about to see God do something amazing. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are for us more than we can imagine. And Lord, I believe that if we could ever get our minds around just how for us you are, we would never be afraid because when we see you for who you are, we see, God, that there is nothing like you. You are so amazing, and we celebrate you and that you are trustworthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God's word says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. If God has come through before, he is going to do it again. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Samuel chapter 24.